Hi, everyone. I am mentioning at this point in space-time that this podcast will be interrupted by animals. It's often interrupted by animals. We have cats, we have dogs, we have chickens. The chickens don't come in the house, but that doesn't mean they don't interrupt sometimes. So keep that in mind. Also, we swear a lot, and while it's nothing too bad and we're not going to do anything explicit explicit, parental guidance is suggested, and we do this because iTunes only has two settings, and that is clean and explicit. So, like I said, parental guidance suggested. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 54. So, fun story... We are getting ready for AnthroCon. Ursula is upstairs packing her studio and yelling all sorts of things. We have help helping us out. Uh, Our friend Natalie, who's been in town for the last week. Our friend uh, Liz is getting her own stuff ready. And rather than drag Ursula away from that and make her all extra stressful, I am just going to go straight to the interview in about two minutes. It's going to be fantastic. I interviewed Jennifer Askey, who is an academic life coach who helps people in their careers. It's really, really cool. I love talking to Jennifer. She's one of our our do-over interviews, and she was so very kind to be able to schedule that, that redo so quickly. I should say, if you're going to be at AnthroCon, and I'm recording this, like I said, the Tuesday night before we leave, you're going to hear it Thursday before AnthroCon opens, come say hi. If you see us at the booth, if you see us at one of the panels, if you happen to be a a sponsor going to the Super Sponsor Lunch and say hi, I'm always glad to meet our fans. I have stickers to give away. I have a failed badge, I have the Met Kevin badge as a sticker, I have the episode 50 one-year anniversary badge as a sticker, as well as the Oval Productivity Alchemy logo stickers, which I really like those. Those are my favorites still. I'm working on the Inbox Zero badge as a sticker, but it's really hard to get it in the right size. And also I have to order them in like packs of 60. And so I haven't figured out an effective way or or found a good print on demand store for those yet, but we're working on it. So I'm going to take you straight to the interview with Jennifer. It was so great to talk to her and we will be back right after this. Hi, folks. I am here with Jennifer Askey, who is a career coach and an academic and has done all kinds of cool stuff. And today she's going to talk to us about how she stays productive. And I'm really excited about this because Jennifer's an awesome person and she is one of the understanding people who is coming back after the audio apocalypse to redo her interview. So uh, I can't tell you whether it'll be better or worse because I can't listen to it 
either. So it's all good. Um, Jennifer, can you introduce yourself a little better than I did and tell us about what you do? Sure thing. So um, my name's Jennifer. I currently live in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, I'm originally from the States, and I used to be a professor of German. And seven years ago, we packed our bags and moved to Canada to follow my husband's employment. He's an academic librarian. And in the meantime, I've done things. I've worked at universities teaching and doing other stuff. And the university job market is a, it's a sad place. Yeah. And giving tenure is a risky decision to have made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so two years ago, I said, yeah, screw all this. And I went and spent a little over a year getting trained to become a coach. And so I decided during my training that academics need this sort of support, and that is who I would work with. So I opened my own business called Energized Academic, and I work with um, all sorts of people who have PhDs. A lot of them are in the academy, and Mm -hmm. some of them are on the margins, either on their way in or on their way out, or maybe they'll never get in because of the job market or whatever, and talk about... Um, a little bit about work-life balance, but a lot about like how to how to have the job that is worth you having, and how to make the job right. that you have something that is worth you having, and how to sort of grow in your career and take ownership of that instead of sort of just going on with the punches and saying, "Oh well, I guess it's going to be like this," and, I, and my life sucks. So I work on helping people find that bigger thing and or build right. that big thing if they need to build it. Um, but things are changing. In fact, things are changing since you and I did the original recording. Oh, really? We are moving again in mid-August. Well, Mm -hmm. we're moving at the end of July um, to start mid-August at the University of Alberta. Okay. we're moving to Edmonton. Um, Well, they have a a hockey team, so I approve. There you go. They (laughs) they have a hockey team, and they have um, ice. Mm -hmm. They They do. And they have cold i hear it's a dry cold thinking of getting that tattooed in my <laughs> it's a dry cold is that like it's a dry a, heat yeah exactly it's 40 below celsius but it's a dry cold God. um so my husband got a great job a promotion mm-hmm. and it looks like i will be doing this sort of coaching and faculty development at the university there that's so. still kind of awesome though it is, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And I'll do my business sort of on the side um, mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's, again, I get to work with smart people and help them make their jobs better. So right. that's awesome. Yeah, because I've, I've noticed there are smart people in their fields, but then they don't quite understand how to do the business side of things, or they don't know how to, you know, get that promotion because they're really good at programming or teaching or microbiology, but that doesn't translate into how do I become the lab leader uh, or right. a man, a people manager. Right. I mean, I, you've talked in the past about like going and getting, you know, certified to do this, certified mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. do that. And you've talked about um, even your, your training with the Boy Scouts to be a leader and yep. like all of those things, they're not built into academia. Like knowing how to do project management is not something you learn in graduate school unless your degree is something um, that involves 
projects and teams, like maybe in business school, if that's the mm-hmm. kind of business you, you do. But in most like humanities, social sciences, even hard sciences, you sort of learn those organizational skills. Um, catch as catch can. Right. So maybe, maybe you learn them and maybe you don't. And there are mm-hmm. some people who are super strategic about their career and the institution they work for. And there are other people who really just are reacting to what's in front of them because they've never had the opportunity to sort of take a step back and say, oh, well, how does this work? How does this fit together right, for me? Right. Um, what's the best way to get the result I want from this institution or from this project? And so a lot of the sort of basic leadership skills that might mm-hmm. be a part of some corporate training, they never show up in academia. And I've, I've actually seen uh, several corporate environments where they're not training their people either, that they're just yeah i know right um you you guys don't see this but she just stuck out her tongue which is exactly mm-hmm. how i feel you know there you it's uh you're thrown into the position and it's a sink or swim right right and that's not good for anybody and so no. yeah if you're going to be a department chair or a dean mm-hmm. and you haven't had any sort of thorough training in you know how do you motivate people how do you create a sense of team what is a vision how do you communicate that how do you get mm-hmm. people on board what does success look like? How do you evaluate that? How do you communicate success? Um, how do you mm-hmm. reward it? Uh, those sorts of things. So um, that's, I think, what I'm going to be doing in the future. And yeah. I'm yeah. super excited about that. Because there's the, the radical question of what does success look like? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Whether you're asking it for yourself as an individual or you're asking it for your team or your organization or whatever, like that's huge. Yeah. Well, whenever I'm doing a, 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 whenever I'm team lead or project manager or something like that, my success is the team's success, right? My success, I'm only successful is, is if the team or the individual contributor is successful. And so it's, it becomes, it's, it's hard to gauge because it's very indirect. But, but you could say, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm the team leader, success looks like this. It looks right. like my team accomplished A, B, and C, and we did mm-hmm. it in this time frame and all of that. And so your success is, you know, what you're doing as a leader of this team. Right, um, right. But you get to define that. And if you're the leader, you get to tell them, okay, this is what our collective success is going to look like. And mm-hmm. this is what we'll do to celebrate it once it's happened. Right. So with all of that going on, how do you keep yourself organized? <laughs> Lists. Lists. Lots, lots of lists. Yes. Um, I, I have written down here, you have an everything notebook. I do. I have an everything notebook um, because bullet journaling, like in the strict mm-hmm. definition of bullet journaling, is um, maybe a little too minute for me. Mm-hmm. So I have my everything notebook and in it goes, like if I were to look at it right now, it would have... Um, both like weekly to do's, like what are the things I want to have done by the end of the week in terms Mm -hmm. of my business or family tasks or whatever. But then it also has from a couple months ago, several pages of notes for the Canadian citizenship test because we took that in May. It has, um, you know, we're buying and selling houses. So it had notes about houses I was looking at. And Mm -hmm. so it's all in in one spot. Um, So I keep that pretty current and I keep it pretty close to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but right now, since we are moving and moving oh, yeah. an organizational undertaking of some magnitude, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right now, um, my husband and I are, we, um, both use Google keep. And so we have some shared lists. Oh yeah. 
So my own life is in my everything notebook, but what we're communicating back and forth is in Google Keep. So we have, you know, a list of things to garage sale. We have a list of people we want to spend time with before we leave town. We Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) just really basic things. We also, our oldest daughter has one year of high school left. And so she's staying behind. Oh, She's going to live with some friends. We Mm -hmm. finally got that all sorted. But um, we have a list of, you know, things that Greta needs to keep. Like, don't let, <laughs> don't let anybody pack these away and move them to Alberta. They need to stay here. Right. right. So we, so we're sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a Google calendar that usually beeps at me when I have an appointment. So I'm blaming it on the AC going full blast that maybe I didn't hear my phone beep. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've hit a point now where I've got it linked to my watch. I've got it linked to Slack so Mm -hmm. that whenever I have an appointment, my watch buzzes at me. I get a private message in one of, you know, depending on whether it's a work thing or not work thing, one of my Slacks. Um, yeah, no, that it is like the most important thing. And when I miss an alarm, it is the most embarrassing thing ever. I hate that. I hate missing appointments. It makes me feel like a complete loser. So, mm-hmm. but tell me what watch do you have? Um, I have the, uh, the Huawei, um, the Huawei, uh, Android watch, um, with Android wear two. So you get the full here. I'm going to show it to, I'll link people to it. At least this is the first one, not the second one, but here it's got the full round face And, you know, it's a, a, the whole thing is a touch screen. So I can, and I've got a a non-default watch face on it. I don't know how clear you can see that, but at the top, it has my next appointment on it, as well as the battery status of the watch. And then how many steps I've taken today. Oh, so it does everything you need it to do. So I can, so I can add on things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, if you're an iPhone user, really the Apple watch is the way to go. If you're an Android person, um, I got to say, I'm really happy. This is not a paid endorsement. Uh, I'm really happy with the Huawei. It looks like it's Hawaii, Hawaii or whatever uh, when right. spelled, but it's pronounced Huawei. Um, and uh, I've, I've been really happy with it since I, I picked this one up like as a uh, open box from, uh, you know, a, a used open box display model or something. So it's got a little scratch on the on the band, but it's like I got it for significantly less than than retail, which was really nice. So I, I keep an eye out for bargains too. <laughs> so I'm looking at them online right mm-hmm. now. They're all super masculine. Yeah, that is the, the side effect to the, to the Huawei is they're, they're larger. They're the, the, whatever the one you might want to look at that I've heard really good things about is the Google, the actual Google watches, the ones from Google, they're made by uh, LG and okay. The lesser expensive one is a smaller, still a full round screen, a little more feminine. Um, I actually was looking at that one, but it was going to cost a whole lot more than the used Huawei. And so, um, but uh, I have a friend, she, she has hers and yes, it looks awful masculine, but she's like, I can't live without it. So interesting. Okay. Well, that's because I've been thinking, so I have the basic, um, I have a Fitbit that right. just, just tracks steps. That's mm-hmm. all it does. Mm-hmm. Well, and sleep and all that, but it doesn't have right. a watch on it. And for a while I was wearing a watch and the Fitbit, and that's just a pain in the ass. Right. And I, I have the kind of Fitbit that you could put in jewelry, mm-hmm. but that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I, um. And you know anybody out there who does that, awesome for you. Um, it's just not <laughs> the jewelry 
I don't wear much jewelry, period, and I'm not going to fiddle with it. Like, I need right. to just keep on my wrist and right count my steps and whatever. Um, but I've been thinking about getting the one of the Fitbits that mm-hmm. tells time. But if I could have something that, yeah, was more integrative, that I'm not going to do an Apple Watch because I'm not an Apple user. I'm an Android yeah, user. That's and, fine. Yeah. I, um, I honestly, I still miss the Pebble. The Pebble Watch was simple. It told time. It gave you your alerts. It wasn't overly complicated. Uh, and then they were bought out by Fitbit, and it went away. Um, but I, I, I'm thinking a lot of the features that we liked about Pebble are starting to show up in Fitbits. So, right. And so then, yeah. for me, the question is like, which is what's more affordable? What's better? Mm-hmm. What's what, what gets you the function? The thing with smartwatches is go with the functionality you need. You don't need an all-in-one everything. Um, mm-hmm. So my the functionality I need where I can respond to my messages and texts on mine if I want to um, mm-hmm. or need to, depending on the situation, is significantly different from someone who just wants, I want my calendar alarms and I want to see the time and I want to count my steps. Yeah. Right. It's all about finding the right thing for you. And that's that was the thing that drives me crazy about the idea of the Apple Watch is they're trying to jam an entire phone on your wrist. And I don't want to talk into my hand. Right? <laughs> I want other people to talk to the hand. I don't want to talk to the hand myself. <laughs> <laughs> talk to the hand because the ear's not listening yeah. or whatever it is. Um, so... Yeah, long mm-hmm. digression around Google Calendar and how it's supposed to help keep my shit together, which mm-hmm. it does a pretty decent job of. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The kids both have Android phones, and so mm-hmm. it is nice to be able to, you know, make a dental appointment or whatever and then send it to the kid, and then it will, their phone will bark at them a half an hour before they have to be at the dentist. Right. So that is, that goes a long way to keeping us organized mm-hmm. as a family. Um, my notebook goes a long way to keeping me organized. Yeah. Guilt. Guilt. That's a common one. Yeah. Fear and guilt. Like, oh shit, what am I missing? What am I missing? Mm-hmm. Let me go check. Let me go check. So um, those are probably my main strategies at the moment. <laughs> and so uh, to get all that together, what systems and habits do you use to provide value when you've got all of these things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well, I do, and this is something that I've started to do not too terribly long ago. And mm-hmm. you tell me if I heard it from you guys on your podcast or if I found it someplace else. Okay. Um, it is an app called Dailyo. That is something else. That one, that's, I don't think one I, I know. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, um, D-A-Y-L-I-O. And it is a, it's a daily log mm-hmm. app. Um, and I think I may have clicked on it thinking that it was some sort of like journaling shortcut. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and it can be because there's room for you to type stuff in it. But there's mm-hmm. also like its main feature is you tell it how often to remind you. And so twice a day I get a little notification saying, how's your day going? And when it opens up, I've populated, it comes pre-populated, but you can Mm -hmm. edit um, a list of icons associated with activities or moods or things. Okay. So you can say, you know, work, check, pop walk, Mm -hmm. you know, I walk my dog every day, check, Mm -hmm. 
the life, you know, did I read? Did I spend time with friends? Did I run errands? Did I do yoga? Did I meditate? Like some of the things that I want to keep track of how often I'm doing them. Right, right. Um, I can just click, yes, I've done this. And so I have two opportunities a day to say, you know, here's my general overall mood and here's mm-hmm. the stuff I'm doing. And then there's a little box to, that you can type. I, um, I don't type extensively in there because I don't like typing on my phone. But mm-hmm. like if I'm keeping track of like what happened on a really shitty day or why did mm-hmm. I say this day was happy or what's going on that's super awesome, just to track some stuff. Right. And um, and I and it does sort of let you know how many days have you been logging in, and then you can look at your stats. So mm-hmm. if I look at my stats now, uh, it gives me my monthly mood chart. Yay! And it gives me, um, yeah, it tells me how how often I do things. So the fact that I right. have like fifty four days in a row of walking the dog. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Right. So that sort of helps mm-hmm. me. Um, be accountable to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little, you know, a tiny little bit of motivation there. Um, and if I'm doing really well, and now that it is summer and it is 8,000 degrees outside in Southern Ontario this week and last, oh, yeah. um, and our, we have an old house that was built in the twenties and it's skinny and tall and our attic is oh i bet it's a furnace oh my god it's not hooked up to central air and it's a sauna up there Mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. where yoga it's where i meditate and so you can go up and turn on the ac and that's Mm -hmm. loud so like my morning routine um such as it is supposed to be is something that i've been pretty slack about but what i need to do and what helps me stay organized and what helps you know a system that helps me Mm -hmm. be as as I can is you get up in the morning, you let the dog out, you have a cup of coffee and then like 10 minutes of yoga and 10 minutes of meditation or mm-hmm. 15 minutes of yoga and 15 minutes of meditation. And then you've like, you've done a little exercise and stretched your body. So your back isn't going <laughs> and you've sat and mm-hmm. listened to thoughts for a while and, you know, sort of found your creamy center. And I find that if I do that, I'm so much more focused and so much more like, in charge of my day and on top of my agenda than if I don't. Um, so the mm-hmm. fact that I still go through periods where I'm like, I'll just sit here and read Twitter and drink my coffee. And there goes an hour and I hate the world. I, I, I go out in the mornings with my coffee and my phone after I've showered. Cause it's like, I get up, I shower, I shave, I, you know, all the usual stuff there. Then I go outside with my coffee and my phone and I sit with my chickens. And often I'm just flipping through Instagram pictures because I'm going to end up taking a picture of my chickens Mm -hmm. because the internet needs to know about my chickens, apparently. And I'm feeding the chickens and it's really hard to focus on the bad things in the world when you have chickens being chickens, right? It's like hanging out. It's like sitting out back with your dog and your dog's just there being a dog going, I'm going to sniff this. I'm going to dig that. You know, the dog is just the dogs, chickens, our, our pets live in the now, not so much the, the, they don't worry about, I have to be fed in 10 hours or three hours or, well, Ernie worries that he's, he needs to be fed about five minutes before he's actually supposed to be, but that's just Ernie. That's because he's a hound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
things. Yes. Um, but the whole idea of to, to send, I, I think it's much more of a centering and bringing yourself so that you're not, so that you're thinking you're existing that, that whole exist in the moment thing. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. So starting my day with either checking my email or checking mm-hmm. Twitter, which I do more often than I should. It's the yeah. worst possible way to start my day because then, and this is what I tell people when I work with them, um, mm-hmm. people come to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just don't have enough time to do everything. And then you do a time audit. How are you spending? your mm-hmm. time? Well, if you're me in summer mode and you spend the first hour of your day checking Twitter and email, then it's, first of all, email is everybody else's agenda, right? this i want Mm -hmm. this respond to this respond to this what about this oh my god that thing's on sale and then Mm -hmm. you're down the rabbit hole on somebody else's website yep and and twitter is just i mean i do my best to have a twitter feed that is full of radical feminists doing really cool stuff and sled dogs yes that's what Mm -hmm. because and my Blair Braverman, who is my sled dogger of choice, my musher of choice, oh, yeah. she has two litters of puppies right now, an intentional oh. litter and an accidental litter. And they're so freaking cute. Yeah, I, I, I had written that down for the last one right right here. Bla- Blair Braverman puppy pictures. I think I started following her. you got to follow because mm-hmm. there's all the puppies. And it's really hard for the world to um, be awful when you're looking at puppy pictures. But lately, like the negative has even penetrated my Twitter fortress of feminism and mm. slender, and <sighs> it's rough out there. Yeah, it's and well. So- oh, hold on, let me rephrase that. It's rough down here. Mm. You you do have a little insulation in Canada, but it's you rough. Have a bit of a buffer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so that that insulation, that centering, that get away from the social media, get away from you. You have yeah. to. It's a self care thing. It's a self care thing, and it's a it's a sort of take control thing as opposed mm-hmm. to a react to everything that comes your way, and right. then you don't feel in control, and then your day just slips away from you. And I keep saying you as if mm-hmm. I'm talking to somebody or about somebody who's not me, but I'm really talking. <laughs> to so I let my day get away with me if I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. to make myself a priority a little bit in the morning. Yeah, as as uh, uh, Mary Thingval said, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first. That right. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so, what other what other habits uh, are are valuable? Um. So I'm I'm a I'm a half heartedly committed meditator. Okay. Um, but what I am committed to is the dog, mm-hmm. and walking the dog is um, you know I'm outside regardless of the temperature. Mm-hmm a little bit every day and i think that's good like right now it is we're experiencing heat wave it's miserable nobody wants to be outside and yesterday in the late afternoon the dog and i took a walk um and instead of going on the trail we usually go on which doesn't have a ton of shade Mm -hmm. we went up a ravine that's next to a golf course and i found a stand of mulberry bushes and I just stood there and ate some mulberries. (laughs) All is right with the world for a few minutes. So yeah, getting outside every day Mm -hmm. is important. Um, And so I'm married and I have kids and like check-ins with people. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What's going on for you right now? And since we're doing this move and one kid's coming with us and one kid's staying behind, like we have a lot of organization that we're working on as a Mm -hmm. family. So just like, 
regular communication and being forthright about like, my agenda is this. I hope you all know that this is my agenda (laughs) where I'm headed. So are you on board? Are you not on board? So I think transparent communication is um, a good strategy, whether you're in a family or in a place of work, like do people know what you're working on? Do they know Mm -hmm. what's important to you? Are they there to help you if they can? Or are you trying to sort of keep it all inside and hide it and not let people help or be a part of it? Yeah. um, We're actually uh, in the middle of, of, I guess we're on the other side of that sort of move. My ex-wife has to, is moving with her parents to South Carolina to care for her dad. Okay. Right. Because it's so much less expensive in South Carolina for assisted living and the sorts of things he needs than it is up here. Really? But my youngest son has two years of high school left. And rather than go with her, he wants to finish high school here. So he's now moving in full time with me while his older brother, who's college age and that sort of thing is going with her. And so we're, we're doing a similar split, but I'm on the opposite side of that. Uh, I'm not moving away from my kid. One of my kids is moving away from me and the other one's staying. So it's, uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting mindset to be in. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, once they're a certain age, you sort of get ready for them to go off and be mm-hmm. up, have their own lives and whatnot. So in a year, my oldest would be doing this anyway, but a year early just seems a year early. And, um, yeah, you know, and what she wanted, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what she wants out of this and what I w- want out of this are close, but mm-hmm. they're not identical. And so, you know, there's a lot yeah. of, oh yeah, yeah. That. and then you bring up aging parents and that's a whole other kettle oh, of fish. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, States in the Midwest and my Mm. sister's on the West coast and I'm here. And so, but my mom basically has to live forever. She doesn't get to get old or frail. Yeah. I haven't told my mother that yet. Yeah. Um, I communicate this pretty regularly. My -hmm. agenda is you never get sick or need me so that we can just have fun together. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Say thanks, hon. Yeah. So what's the best feedback or advice you've been given? And I think I, or the best feedback and advice you give out. I have some notes from that one too. So, you know. Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day when you and I were rescheduling the call. Mm-hmm. I think I, I recall a little bit what, um, mm-hmm. what we talked about last time. And this is, this is a hard one for me to, to answer in a way, because, you know, like, you are always saying just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody else. Right. Oh yeah. But one thing that I read ages ago that has stuck with me, and I think it was a profile of Obama when Mm. he was running for president the first time. So 2008. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been a decade ago or Mm -hmm. longer. Um, And it was about, you know, his background as a community organizer, right? Mm -hmm. That phrase being bandied about and um and they were asking him about disappointments along the way right you put yourself behind causes and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose and how do you stay motivated and um and i think maybe the question was how did you get here so quickly right Mm -hmm. yeah most other candidates and he said something along the lines of you know whatever happens with that particular project or that particular job even if it all ends in disaster, there's Mm -hmm. always good work to be done. Mm -hmm. And 
when I left academia and had to sort of find something else to do with my life, that was something that I really sort of held on to. I was like, well, so I don't, I don't get to do this job anymore, which I spent more than a decade training for and Mm -hmm. did really successfully. And so I could be really heartbroken about this. And I was, but the notion that there isn't something good out there for me to be doing is ridiculous. There's always something to be doing. And so when I think of like advice to give or advice that I have tried to take, mm-hmm. what's the next thing you can do? Okay. Move the needle forward a bit. Hold on. I, I think I have a, uh, I have an orange friend. Um, I think I have to escort her out of my office. Hold on for one second. Aww, orange friend. Well, she's going to climb up on me and start cleaning my head soon. And it is the most ridiculous thing that, it looks ridiculous, but imagine having sandpaper drag, wet sandpaper dragged across your cheeks. It's not fun. And so you're going to deprive her of that joy and me of that vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's it's not that. It's that uh, when she tries to, if she actually tries to get it get in and clean my ear and it's very hard to concentrate when there's a cat tongue cleaning your ear for you i mean yeah exactly the look on your face is yeah yeah that's that's not good yeah i'll be right back (laughs) and we'll probably edit this out anyway so there you are sweetie (laughs) come here you yes i know here here wave at the camera wave at the camera there we go yes there she is oh girl out you go And this is this is why we give the warning that there are animals involved. Um, but and she's she's like four now, three or four, and she's not much bigger than when she was like five months old. So she's tiny. So when we when we talk about tiny orange, that's the cat in question. Yeah, yeah. The female orange tabby. She's a, a rarity in general. So yeah, orange tabby usually boy cats exactly so she's extra special and i had a calico oh lord yeah we have a tortoise shell yeah and they're crazy all the way to, to their brain cells like, oh yeah they're just crazy on a chromosomal level there's yeah, something they, about those when when they did you talk about tortitude um she's got it in spades it's yeah. just yeah yeah our calico was mm-hmm mm opinionated yeah intolerant mm-hmm. bossy yeah yeah but these are the things that that keep us going and and part of my self-care is making sure the cats are fed and have clean litter boxes and aren't busy trying to exfoliate my scalp from front to back <laughs> oh. if one could only patent that as a beauty treatment here have a kitty oh <laughs> Yeah, it helps if you don't have hair. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I also had written down here from the last one that you you said write every day. Oh, yeah. That is advice that I give to, um, well, that I got when I was working on my Mm -hmm. book, um, my dissertation that then became a book. And when I was working on academic projects in general, um, Mm -hmm. when I work with people, I think the last time you and I spoke, I was in the middle of doing an online, um, an online writing group for academics. Yes, and, and that was that was the goal, right? Mm-hmm. For eight, 
or whatever. Let's just make huge progress on a project. And what can you do if you actually pay attention to your priorities and you write every day? Mm -hmm. um, your you turn for a reminder too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it goes. Um, you don't have to write a bazillion words every day, mm -hmm. but if you're writing every day, even 50, right? Then you're keeping yep. the needle moving, mm -hmm. right? You're keeping the ball rolling. You're moving the needle forward. You're, if that thing is really important to you, the book that you want to write, the article mm -hmm. you need to write, right? If those things are really important to you, are you actually doing them every day? Or do you just talk about doing them every day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you're not going to, you're not going to move a needle forward if you just talk about it. Right. You have and to do something about it. Yeah. And I think that whether, you know, whether you're academics and you're my people or you're creatives and you're, you know, Ursula's people, there are a lot of people in both of those camps who talk a lot about right. what they want to be doing. Right. And then, and then they let other things, we, I, let mm -hmm. other things get in the way. Right. right? Like, well, I could be writing, mm -hmm. but, you know, this laundry, man, this laundry needs my attention. Oh, yeah. Or, I could be writing, but I'm going to go on Twitter and get outraged for a while. <laughs> some people feed off that, <coughs> Ursula, and um, you know, some people, you know, it's for some people, it's a it's a horrible time sink and a time waste. Um, I also noticed you said um, pay attention to things that you want to change. Right, and that's this. I mean, part of my approach as a coach is it's it's informed by mindfulness. Mm -hmm. It's informed by um, that practice of sort of identifying mm -hmm. who am I and what are my values and what's my agenda. Right. And knowing yourself well enough to articulate those things. Mm -hmm. And then acting consistently with that. Right. right? Are, you, are you paying attention to the things you say that are important? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens when you pay attention to those things? And what happens when you don't pay attention to those things? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, are you, when I talk to my clients um, and we talk about, you know, what, what sort of activities do you engage in, in an mm -hmm. average? Right. And if you do some time, some, a time audit for your week and, you know, during the semester, how many hours are you teaching? How many hours are you marking papers? How many hours are you, you know, supervising this or attending this kind of committee or whatever? And how many hours are you not actively engaged in any of those things? And then, like, what of those things do you love? What what of right. that list of activities mm -hmm. makes your job fun and exciting? Like, feed and water those things. Mm -hmm. Maybe put a little fertilizer on them. And that's what our attention is, right? Pay attention mm -hmm. to those things. See how they function in your mm -hmm. life. See what time of day is it when you're doing those things that seem to work really well. Yes. When do you Right. When do you find flow? And then the things that you hate or that like sap all of your energy. Then there are so many, so many. Right. right. And mm -hmm. can you let them suffer a little benign neglect? Do you have to feed and water the things you hate? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's the, it's the, I was, who was I just talking to this about? It's the, the, the old adage, um, you know, you, you have uh, two wolves. Right. And, right. you know, the one that is going to thrive is the one that you feed. The one you feed, precisely. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's very much that. Mm -hmm. And so I think of paying attention as, like, your attention, your care and attention to something is, is one of your most valuable resources. Right. So where is it going? Yeah. Um, where is your care and attention focus? Yes. 
So how do you decide what to what to start on after you do your meditation? And I bet that care and attention follows with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's sort of two schools of thought there. There's mm-hmm. the there's the eat a frog. Mm-hmm. Um, if you eat a frog first thing every day, it's the worst thing that's going to happen to you all day and everything's downhill from there. So you could, you know, take your biggest, ugliest, gnarliest task first and attack it. Mm-hmm. I like that idea, but that tends not to be the way that I work. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a momentum builder myself. A little mm-hmm. bit of low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Not the, you know, I have all those lists and if I can just start crossing a couple things off, then I sort of feel like I'm building up steam to get something significant accomplished. Right. I also am a big fan um, that this has a lot of application to academics too, mm-hmm. of what Ursula talked about ages ago on one of these podcasts about like, I have multiple projects on the go. Oh Yeah want to work on this one there's always one i hate a little bit less than this one so i'm always <laughs> doing something productive even if it's not <laughs> it's going to make my deadline tomorrow right right how many you have on the go and if you're not doing a you could maybe do c or d mm-hmm. and you're still making some kind of progress on something oh yeah it isn't the thing that you maybe feel the most guilty about or that looms largest so what do you hate the least today is, I think, a completely legitimate productivity strategy. Yeah. And I'm I'm also in, since I have a little bit of a customer service role for work, I also have the, uh, the agenda setting by, is there a customer thing I need to look at first? Right. right. Is there a deliverable or a uh, deployment or a problem that needs to be fixed that is customer facing. That is the most important thing. Yeah. And so I've been working for myself for a year and a half Mm -hmm. now. And so I can, since I'm not super, super busy, right. I don't have a gazillion clients. I can sort of block off a chunk of time and say, this is when I do client emails Mm -hmm. or answer questions or whatever. So I don't have to do that first thing in the morning. When I was teaching full time, it very much was, you know, what student has emailed me about what crisis mm-hmm. that I need to respond to. Um, and that's, I mean, that that's one of the joys of being a professor is you get to engage with students and they're really interesting people who are learning cool stuff. But sometimes if you're teaching, <laughs> classes, you know, what are the students emailing me about? Like, you can't start your day like that, or that is all you do. Right. You know, 120 students and they just had their midterm and Mm -hmm. all of them have something super pressing, but not pressing enough to come to your office hours, just pressing enough to litter your email inbox. Right. (laughs) Right. Because, well, because your office hours aren't at two in the morning when they're having the panic attack. Right. Or Mm -hmm. your office hours would require them to engage with you personally. Ah, yes. Really uncomfortable, right? Is Mm -hmm. an authority figure that they have to engage with. And is that, not their wheelhouse. And for some students, I think that's totally fine. Others, I'm like, come on, get off your ass. Come talk to me. Yes, that's fair. (laughs) All right. But that notion, the knowing what you need to do first or what you need to do next, I like sort of defining it Mm -hmm. like, who are you accountable to? 
Right. right? You're accountable to customers or if a professor is accountable to students or if, you know, is Ursula accountable to her publishers or is she accountable to herself? Am I accountable to my clients or am I accountable to myself, which is sort of my business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what we we called Ursula's method was productive procrastination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So See, who are you accountable to yes. and how does that influence yeah. <laughs> what you decide your priorities are? Um, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So do you want the hard question first or do you want the fun question first? Let's do the hard question first. Okay. You're the first person to ask for it that way. Um, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Oh, I think I actually remember how I answered this in our <laughs> Because this is this is an eternal truth. Mm-hmm. Um, self-flagellation and recrimination is how I deal with that. And you're not alone in that. Yeah. <laughs> Guilt, mm-hmm. hanging the head low, beating yeah. myself up, feeling really bad. But you can't do that the entire time. No. Yeah. And there it's different. Like, have I disappointed myself Mm -hmm. like did i not meet a goal i set for myself did i not follow through on something i said i was going to do for myself excuse me or did i let somebody else down right and letting somebody else down like if i'm involved in a project with other people or if somebody's waiting to hear back from me about something and i drop those balls that i take a lot harder than if i've just dropped my own mess oh yeah yeah. okay we'll just decide that that was maybe an unrealistic expectation and we'll say that you actually meant to do it in two weeks or whatever Mm -hmm. so i can cut myself a great deal of slack if it's just me but when i'm working with other people um i really want to be responsive and responsible and so if if it is a failure that's on me Mm -hmm. it's significantly harder yeah yeah. yeah, but it, at some point you have to, you basically have to get up and keep going. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's where I try to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. I was doing a joint um, project with another coach and things were going pretty well, but I wasn't putting as much energy into it as she was. And um, we had this super frank, okay, how does this go from here thing? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I want to take it on and I don't think I need your help right now. And I was like, okay. All right. On the other hand, I could feel really poorly about this, but we were really clear about, mm-hmm. you know, she was clear what she wanted and I was clear what I could put into it. And then I don't think anybody has to walk away feeling like you've hugely disappointed or insulted somebody. Like, and I think that's, yeah. Clearly about like what are your capacities what can you actually get done what are you really passionate about mm-hmm. and maybe be honest about why you dropped a ball um opens up other doors right okay so i'm not going to mm-hmm. be doing this thing but maybe do that thing over there right and then yeah so it it becomes a balance right right and, and then maybe you don't have to beat yourself up forever and notice how i keep talking about this mythical you like who is right. this person i will i and and ursula and i are both really honest that we she has uh, an anxiety disorder. I have, I burned myself out so bad that I think I probably have, I have clinical depression and it's not going to go away. I don't think ever. Um, and so, you know, for us better living through chemistry is, is important. You know, I can go in that shame spiral, but I've got my little friend Zoloft 
grabbing me before I get too far down the hole going, ah, no, no. And, uh, you know, if, if it's a clinical thing like that, you know, please uh, go to a doctor, get, get a review, get diagnosed. Not everybody needs the medication and there's a lot of stigma associated with it for a lot of people. For us, it's what we need to get through. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that is, I love better living through chemistry. Yeah. I, have, I have inflammatory arthritis. Oh, yeah. Give me the drugs. Mm-hmm. I tried all the other things, and now we're just doing the drugs. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and, and like, yeah, that's part of being honest, right? Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Honest communication with yourself. What are my capacities? Mm-hmm. Well, right. My capacity is pretty limited. Yeah. <laughs> my capacity to rescue myself from the shame spiral. What does that look like? maybe my capacity could use some augmentation. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good strategy. Yep. Other side of the coin. Now the fun one, how do you celebrate your success? If you celebrate your success, I know there are a lot of people who are really bad at it. Um, I think I'm okay at celebrating my successes, but I do like the, the whole, philosophy of like celebrating tiny wins so mm-hmm. that you can to you know feeling that sense of accomplishment and acknowledging that sense of accomplishment so that it can serve as an antidote to those days when you think you suck um i'm not really good at celebrating the tiny wins right but but more significant wins mm-hmm. um i'm a big fan of retail therapy you and and so many others i'm i'm a fan too yeah I, um, so for a while, well, and really always, I have a thing <laughs> about bags, backpacks. Oh yeah. Versus anything you can put things in. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe have been told that I need to cut that out. <laughs> I, I have no idea to what sort of thing you are speaking, says the man with two. Hold on. Let's let me do a quick audit here. I've got two. Osprey bags, at least three Timbuktu's, two camera bags. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot the camera backpack, and um, uh, and the bag I'm actually currently using, which is a Tilly, um, within like within my field of vision. If I turn around a little bit, so preach into the choir. Ursula has has yelled at me once or twice. Yeah, and my husband's like, "Why do you need?" I'm like, "Shh, don't ask." Mm-hmm. Didn't you just buy a bag? Yes, but that was for the little laptop, and I've got the big laptop now. Exactly. Yeah. But I need something that I can do, but I need, the, and then I, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, which then reminds me of Marie Kondo and the life-changing magic of tidying mm-hmm. up. You come home, you empty your bag out, and you thank all of the things, and then you put your bag in a bag with other bags so that it can spend some time with the bag. <laughs> Okay, I don't I don't quite go that far, but all my bags have a place in the office where they spend time together. So oh, that's nice. I have a bin underneath my bed and oh, okay. have, and then I have a huge bag in the closet that has I have some bags. Uh-huh. Um but I'm trying to slow down my bag acquisition um because fountain pens are smaller. Oh, aren't they though? They're a little and more expensive. True. But I can also, I mean, come on, you can spend a lot of money on a bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last fountain pen I bought myself, my 14-year-old daughter, 
gone. I even put a cartridge in it. Oh. So I, I, I owe myself a fountain pen because I mm-hmm. was going to buy myself like a cheapo. So I have I have a Faber-Castell that mm-hmm. is nice, a smooth barrel. It's sort of a light lavender with a, I think that one has a medium nib. And I have a Lamy Metal Safari. Oh, green. I haven't, I haven't, I have, a, I have a Lamy, but it's not one of the Safaris, not one of the metal yeah. ones. Yeah, I really like, I really like the Metal Safari. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, oh, I just bought a Twisby. That, that was my last purchase. Ooh, writing that one down. T W S B Y. All right. Fountain pen. And I bought the Twisby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, T W S B I, excuse me, not Y. Twisby Eco is what I bought. And they have, uh, they come in fun colors. And I bought the one that's totally see through so that you can see the. Oh. Yes. And they are not expensive. They're like $30 US. Yeah, one of my one of my and favorites is um hold on, let me grab it. Uh Why is it not where I put it? I guess it's in the other bag, but um it's a Japanese pen and it's uh mm-hmm. it's it's very inexpensive. I can't remember the name of it to save my life. I had to get it I bought is it one. Kakuno and it has a little smiley face on the cap? No, no, this isn't this isn't a a, a pilot. Um I have a pilot, but that was the I'm kind of saving up for a special occasion that I bought myself. Um, that yeah, that that one that one was a reward, and uh, that's the one that goes with me everywhere. Oh God, I wish I could remember the name of the the Japanese pen, but um, here, let me get out my notebook, and here it is. It's uh, this is a pilot vanishing point. Ooh. The with the with the fine nib. Oh, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. The clicky fountain pen. It's a it's the clicky fountain pen, yeah. That is super fancy. And I I, I hemmed and hot over that one for months before I was like, I, I deserve this. I've you know, I've worked hard, I've done a lot of stuff, I'm just yes. So totally deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I take the Lamy with me most places because it's metal, it's pretty durable, it has mm-hmm. cartridges, I don't have to f- fiddle with, you know, the the Twisby eco is it, it's cartridgeless, so you have to sort of use its. Oh, you have to do the yeah. So it's fun, but it's fussy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the Pilot Kakuno that I think I got for like fourteen bucks on Amazon or something. Um, and yeah. it might be cheaper than that in U.S. dollars because, right? I'm using <laughs> Monopoly money up here in Canada. Uh, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> and I got it with a, a pale blue cap, and it has mm-hmm. Kakuno on it, and one of the U's has a little has a little face above it. Oh, and, okay. I was like, this is so cute. It has now become mine. And I was like, but I wanted to try this because it gets relatively decent reviews and it's a $14 pen. And, and she's like, oh, then you can buy yourself another one. Yeah. And we absconded with it. So I like pens and I like mm-hmm. notebooks. Oh, yeah. Just in Toronto a couple weeks ago. Um, and we, my daughter and I did sort of a an, an Asian-themed day. She had a visit right. to a K-pop store. Like she buy some bts merch oh yeah um (laughs) like okay we will Mm -hmm. do that and then we will go to the japanese stationery store well muji sells more than stationery but they sell for affordable stationery 
Um, and so I went and stocked up on notebooks in various sizes that are super affordable with decent paper. I mean, you can spend a fortune on Japanese paper. Oh, yeah. This isn't quite that high end, there but it it's totally serviceable and fun to spend yeah. time with. I bought so, one of the the Habanochi notebooks with the with the onion skin paper and it was wonderful but everything bled through it and but I still like it and then I realized how much it was costing and I'm like no and why is why can I not find this pen it's going to drive me crazy sorry um he says taking apart his bag and and you know um well, yeah, if you yeah. can't find one of your fountain pens, that's bad, because yeah. then you have images of, you know, tiny orange having carried it away under a couch or something. She's not the one that would do that. Um, that would be uh, the Torty. The Torty's the one that likes to abscond with things. So, yeah, no, I recently discovered traveler's notebooks. I'm yes. not going to say recently discovered. I, I recently broke down and got some. So did you buy like the leather binder for the multi go Right, in? right. Yeah, I got with the with the with the um with the elastic so that I can add and remove at will um, and and I'm going to try them out. I'm going to try them out at Anthrocon. Okay. Um and see how they work for me and I've got one for Ursula to see how it works for her because there's often like getting out my other with my planner and the full thing can be really hard if I need to take quick notes. This I can just whip out, take notes, put it back in my pocket kind of thing. So which size did you get? Uh, this is the traditional, um, for me, this is the, the traditional sort of, I want to say. Um, it is non-standard. Yeah, eight and a half by like three something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the, the one I got comes with came with a lined uh, grid and uh, plain paper. I'm holding this open like you can see the camera angle there. So. Well, it- be still my heart. Yeah. I have been, been debating those for a while. So my go-tos, if I don't have access to super cheap Muji's, mm-hmm. um, is I spend more money on Claire Fontaine. Right. Um, French paper, which I like a great mm-hmm. deal. Um, and then I... Well, one of my last... My last, my current everything notebook is a Claire Fontaine. My last one was a Leuchtturm. Oh, those are so nice. Yeah. I like. Mm-hmm. But I've been debating if a Midori travel notebook wouldn't be a nice everything notebook because then you could have, you know, each of the inserts could have its own little theme mm-hmm. and there could be the to-do stuff and there could be the notes. St- so, yeah, I've yeah. been debating. The, the bulk of my notebooks are still the um, Circa slash uh, Tool right. slash um, Arc with right. their with the ring bound. So I've got but I've got now one. This is this is the pod. This is the one specifically for productivity alchemy and all the notes around that. And I've got the you know, the the one that's um, in the Circa leather folder that I got on sale because they had a sale. But I, I love it because it's just like, yeah, it looks really professional and it holds my pen and <laughs> I don't have to worry about losing my pen, which is important. Um, and, and things like that. It's so that I've got these. I'm actually going to try uh, using the 8.5 by 11 with mm-hmm. uh, at the con for getting some art. So That's right. I just, yeah, I just mm-hmm. actually heard you talking to somebody in last week's podcast about mm-hmm. the fact that you have one of the punches that creates the circa holes means that you can take blank paper and uh-huh. leave yeah. paper with somebody and you're not handing over the contents of your notebook. Right. Uh, that would be um, Diana. Um, who's one of the artists who will be at Anthrocon, who I, uh, I think I told her to be prepared to draw me a chicken. So (laughs) 
Pickens. Well, I have, um, I think I got it at Staples, one of the disc bound things, mm-hmm. and I bought the leather cover for it. Yes. Damn, that thing's heavy. I oh I know I know I've I've got one that's the one I use for the archives I take things out of the notebook I carry with me I put it in the archive this is not lightweight this cover but um now I'm a little more confident because it it isn't like the default leather covers they're ring bound like everything else so you can take them off and replace them this is like more like a folio that you wrap around it. Right, right. So yeah, I just have the, I just have the mm-hmm. one that's like the sandwich boards with yeah, yeah, together by the discs. But man, they are not light, and so no. Mm-mm. I mean, you're carrying a bag, and it has heavy stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, this is where this is how I reward myself. Let's yeah. go play with fine paper and pens. Let's go look at something pretty that <laughs> want to pick up a pen and write something. Mm-hmm. All of those things make me happy. Yes. I'm going to move my questions out of the way because they're done. Yay. Yay. We have gotten through it. So is there anything, uh, I mean, obviously you're, we're, you're going to want to talk about uh, the things where people can find you on the internet, but is there anything else uh, you want to talk about with the audience? Anything I want to also want to talk about today is go rescue a puppy. Uh, yeah. We could all do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we had um, drinks with friends last night, and they have a relatively new dog. And I was like, "So, what prompted you know the decision to get a dog?" And my friend said, "Oh, I needed more joy in my life." I was like, "Exactly." So you yes. went out and got a dog. Yes. And dogs are like joy with paws, unlike cats, who are you know special creatures, but they don't quite come with the same unmitigated joy that a dog does. Some do, some don't. It varies by cat. Whereas most dogs are just happy to be dogs. That's right. Mm-hmm. As my dog flips her head backwards to look at me, mm-hmm. standing on your head to say hi. So um, if you want more joy and you can find and afford and fit a dog into your life, do that. Yes. Um, so, Right now, people can find me at energizedacademic.com, mm-hmm. but that is changing. I think, um, well, not I think, but I know <laughs> I'm working with a web designer who is um, they're doing sort of a site overhaul for me, Ooh. partially because I'm going to have full-time employment at an institution and partially mm-hmm. because, um, let's be honest here, if you're hiring Energized Academic, you're just hiring me, mm-hmm. just me. Yeah. And I think when I started out, working for myself i was kind of squat like i wanted it to sound like there was or i wanted a name that sort of reflected my best hopes for my business mm-hmm, and for mm-hmm. my clients and now a couple years out i'm just a little bit more confident saying yeah i can help you to get these things done so come find me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so eventually like by the end of august or september It'll be at jenniferaskey.com. But right now it's Energized Academic. Um, I'm on Twitter as jaskey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Instagram. Or actually the dog is on Instagram. Yes. Um, we, I just started this. This is part of my let's have some fun here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Bella underscore Boodle with a B. <laughs> on Instagram. And Hold on, I I'll write that one down. That's that's yeah. I have a very photogenic hound mix, um, who I, of whom I take a great many pictures. 
usually in repose. <laughs> she is an excellent napper. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you can follow Bella, Bella on Instagram for all of your sleeping hound needs. And everybody, I think, needs at least pictures of sleeping hounds in their lives. Exactly. If you can't actually have a sleeping hound on your couch, you can see a picture of my hound sleeping on my couch. There you go. And yours doesn't take up the entire couch the way ours does. No, Bella's about 25 pounds. She's a modestly sized hound. Um, yeah. We think she's part whippet, part beagle, part God only knows what. Oh, dear. She, yes. She's not huge. She can jump and clear a six foot fence, but she's not big. Yeah, we have we have the uh, we have the red tick coon hounds, which in theory can be trained to climb trees, and we do not want that business. So we hope they never figure it out. No, you do not want. No, is, are red tick coon hounds? Is that like where the red fern grows? Those were coon hounds. Yeah, they were coon hounds, but I don't think they were red tick. Um, uh, the those might have been blue tick because blue tick were much more popular. Yeah, those might have been mm-hmm. blue tick. Man, yeah. I. That was fourth grade. Balled my eyes out. Uh, yeah, I haven't read it in forever. I just remember bawling my eyes out. Yeah. That's pretty much all mm. you need to know. Like, there's just bawling that happens. That's like, why Why do you put kids through where the red fern grows an old yeller? That's just murder. I mean, not I, murder. That's cruelty. It is but, cruelty. It's total, total cruelty. My yeah. kids had a book once upon a time called No More Dead Dogs. <laughs> there is, there's apparently a website. Um where and i can't it's like does the dog die.com or something like that where it will tell you if the dog survives the movie oh, and yeah this is important information mm-hmm. we a couple was it last summer we were watching you know classic films with the kids oh yeah and we were watching dances with wolves oh lord and the kids were really into it and we're you know talking about what parts of this are, are sort of fan- fantastical and what mm-hmm. parts of this are historical and what do we think of the portrayal of indigenous peoples? And, you know, so we're sort mm-hmm. of having critical discussion about the movie with her pausing every once in a while, but there's that wolf that the, that the Kevin Costner figure makes friends with. And yes. then when he's dragged off and the, the real cavalry shows up and the first thing they do is shoot the wolf. Right. Oh my God. My youngest was 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. She sobbed and then mm-hmm. she yelled. Oh yeah. yeah. Why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you let me know? And then it became broader recriminations around like <laughs> why did the why did the director like of all mm-hmm. things, why did that have to happen? Why do we need to signal evil in the world by killing off a critter? And just like all of this <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. So that website, that is an excellent yeah. parenting. Yeah, and I can I can say actually without spoilers when and this is like we're talking about actually marketing this way when Ursula's horror novel comes out next year because she's got a horror novel coming out as T Kingfisher, um, the dog lives, and I just want everybody to, we want everybody to know the dog lives. It's okay to read this and the dog will live. So <laughs> <laughs> that is super important. I know, okay. right? Yeah. No dead dogs. I don't need that in my yeah. life. Yeah, no. <laughs> Who does? I mean, that's yeah. evil. It's 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 as far as I'm concerned, it's right up there with fridging the girlfriend. <laughs> you know, fridging the girlfriend. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's. Uh, I is it is it from like the Batman thing where it's sort of like yes, anytime the the girlfriend is just needlessly cu- killed off in the thing, it's, it's they shove her in the fridge and she's dead, right? Right. Um, right. 
And so, yeah, it's it's a it's a complaint among many with many films uh, or, or, or stories. The, yeah, the bury your gaze trope, right? Right, like, right. Viewers mm-hmm. invested in a gay relationship, and then the punishment for that relationship is one of them has to die. Right. So, yeah, it's it's that trauma goes back to Buffy, man. That's harsh. It is. It's a tough one, and oh, I see a dog behind you. So, yeah. What are you looking at? I have the blinds down so she can't see the squirrels that are hanging out in the tree. If she could, she'd be. She knows they're there, though. That look at those eyes. She mm-hmm. knows perfectly well. Yes. At any there. time, those those squirrels are going to come through that window, blinds or no blinds, and and kill you in your sleep. And so they must be watched. They must be watched, and mm-hmm. I must be alerted to their presence because that shit could get real any minute. Oh yeah, no. Our beagle was very very clear that if there was a deer within three hundred miles that passed gas, that we were in danger upstairs on the second floor of our house at two in the morning. That deer was going to come through the window, mm-hmm. and so he had to tell us loudly, at length. Mm-hmm. That's what dogs are for, man. They have your best interests at heart. Oh yes. You oh, don't yeah. want to get boxed by a deer in the middle of the night, man. No. Those hooves, yeah, well, yeah, but you, now you're in the great white north, so you have to worry about like elk and shit. So we're pretty urban, <laughs> okay. I do have friends who live a couple blocks away who have lost outdoor cats recently to the coyotes. Who oh, yeah, live on the Niagara escarpment. So the, mm-hmm. I live in Hamilton, and the Niagara escarpment runs through the center of the city, um, and it is home to wild things, right? Um, but when we drive west, when we drive west to Edmonton, there are two ways to do it. You can go south of the Great Lakes mm-hmm. and like cut through Michigan and Wisconsin and North Dakota and then up to Alberta. Right. But being Americans, we've seen a lot of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pardon my yawn. Um, and we've been in Canada for seven years, but man, this country's big. Oh, yeah. And so we are going to drive through Canada, which means going up and over the Great oh, Lakes. Oh, okay. So... Um, and I was talking to somebody about this drive yesterday and she said, yeah, when you're up near Thunder Bay and past Thunder Bay, when you see signs on the road saying, you know, X many kilometers until the next gas station, believe them. (laughs) Yeah. And plan accordingly. Um, And there are roads where, yeah, moose, Mm -hmm. caribou, we have spent a chunk of each summer that we've lived here in northern Quebec, and there's uh, the main highway heading north out of Quebec City. Um, there are moose control fences mm-hmm. and, um, and signs that say, you know, if you see a, a loose moose, call 511 and let mm-hmm. the people. And years of doing this drive, and we never once saw a loose moose. And I just profoundly disappointed about that i want i don't want them to be like near my car but i wouldn't mind seeing one yeah well it was when we were in botswana a couple years ago during doing the safari thing we're looking at like the fence on the at the edge of the the national park because they're all national parks and we're like does that is that to keep the elephants in they're like no the elephant wants to go that way the elephant's going to go that way it's keep people out (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's, you know, if, if the elephant decides its migratory path is that way, it's going to go that way. And there's nothing, it is a natural disaster at that point. There's nothing we can do about it. I'm like, yep. Yeah. that's how I understand moose and caribou are in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't want to like, that's when people build like above ground pipelines and whatnot, I, I guess those can maybe disrupt some of their migration. patterns. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But 
Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the drive because I think oh. we get to drive through a fair amount of empty. Well, empty is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Very sparsely populated natural. There you beauty. go. Yes, I I would be excited about it too, and I'm going to look forward to photographs. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. um, either Bella Bella Boodle Six or mm-hmm. Jennifer or Asky. I think I'm going to Instagram our trip across Canada because why the heck not? Why not? I mean, it's a fantastic thing to do. So, And it's not like I'm going to drive yeah. through Thunder Bay, Winnipeg, and Saskatoon very often. No, not at all. It's not It's not like it's, it's your daily commute or anything. Yeah, these yeah. are pretty remote places mm-hmm. for most people, even in Canada, right, where the vast majority of the Canadian population lives within 100 kilometers of the U.S. border. Mm-hmm. So heading up that way is just... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. pretty remote. Though apparently Thunder Bay is where a lot of hockey players come from, I've noticed. Mm. Probably because it's yeah, cold and there's a lot of ice and not much else to do. Right, and like rural Saskatchewan and mm-hmm. rural Manitoba, where we'll just freeze a wheat field and you guys go out there. And All right, yeah, we'll play hockey because there's nothing else to do until spring. So, good for Gotta them. Gotta those boys out of trouble somehow. Fair. And girls. And girls. And girls, yep. All right. Um, thank you so much, Jennifer. My pleasure. You know, and um, I hope everybody enjoyed this talk. I'm glad you were able to schedule in a second talk. Um, so everybody check out Jennifer's stuff. I'm going to link it in the show notes and um, we'll be right back. All right. Talk to you later, Kevin. thank jennifer again for agreeing to do the interview so quickly it was awesome to be able to talk to her it was great to catch up with her and i hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as i enjoyed recording it as a reminder we issue open badges you can go to our website enter a code which i'm going to give you in a minute Uh, it's usually located on the bottom of the page as a little code entry box and you will receive a badge conferring basically proof that you listened to the episode and a nice image with all of the metadata embedded in it that you can then share on other sites that support open badge standards. The code for this week is Anthrocon, because that's where we're going. A-N-T-H-R-O-C-O-N. I am going to wrap up this episode and I'm going to go start packing. This is, I think, one of the last things on my to-do list other than put clothes in suitcase. And then I get to start on Ursula's to-do list, which is haul all this stuff to the truck or get it packed as efficiently as possible in the truck before we start the drive in the morning. I want to thank everybody who is sponsoring us via Patreon, patreon.com slash Ursula V. You pay for this podcast. You pay for the other two podcasts we do and also help, pay some of the bills around the house. It is 
just, you know, one of those, those nice things. And we're really happy to do it. If you want to buy us coffee, you can go to uh, coffee.com slash K S O N N E Y and buy us a coffee. It's actually really nice to have that come in every so often because I'm fueled by coffee. Let's face it. I mean, my choice up until my doctor said that's too much caffeine is death wish coffee, but Still, every little bit helps. Every little bit of coffee that keeps me going in the morning or puts Ursula to sleep at night, as the case may be, is uh, is a big thank you from us. And then if you don't feel like going through either of those, there's a direct link to a PayPal donation form if you want to do that. We don't ask that you give us money. What we do ask is that you share this, that you like it, that you spread the word, that if we're helping you, please tell other people about it and you know let's see if we can help them too thank you for listening i'm gonna stop rambling and go pack for anthracon and we'll see you next week stay productive